Welcome to the book reading program of 3ABN Australia Radio. Does your faith need a boost? Do you think that miracles only happened in Bible times? Think again. Compiled by Remnant Publications, the book Get Ready for a Miracle recounts true stories that prove that when we step out in faith, God displays His power in undeniable ways. Here is our reader, Harold Harker. This story is entitled, Spared in a Rollover. Psalm 91, 1-3 says, He who dwells in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, He is my refuge and my fortress, my God, in Him I will trust. Surely He shall deliver you from the snare of the fowler, and from the perilous pestilence. On a beautiful Sabbath afternoon, I joined four other young people, Philip, Ruthie, Christy and Jennifer, for a drive and hike in the mountains. It was 88 degrees Fahrenheit outside, and the prospect of getting into the cooler mountains was quite appealing. After piling into Philip's Nissan Pathfinder, we meandered down the paved country roads toward the gravel mountain roads. Friday evening's storm of heavy wind and rain had left a few branches and twigs on the road and we passed a forest service crew cleaning up the mess. Wildflowers dotted the ditches and ridges. Occasional overlooks gave us views far into the distance. Finding one road labelled unmaintained, we curiously followed it until finding a road closed gate. We got out there and looked around. Woof! Our little dog enjoyed romping through the weeds. We called him Petey for short. The birds were singing cheerfully. I picked up a sprig of wild lilies that had been broken by the evening storm and placed them in some water to keep them alive. After driving some more, it was time to turn back toward home. However, our attention was drawn to another logging road, a bit rougher than the last one. We decided to quickly explore the road, and if it was lengthy, we would return another day for further exploration. No signs or gates blocked the road, and there was evidence of previous traffic, so we headed down it in four-wheel drive at less than five miles per hour. The slope of the mountain was down to the right and up to the left. Pausing at a steeper part of the trail, we analysed the situation. I've been down much steeper and more rugged than this, I said. I'm confident we can make it back out. While true of that part of the trail, we did not foresee what only a few more feet ahead was. The trail was somewhat narrow, but appeared wide enough for us to navigate. Over time, erosion had made the former roadbed into more of a ditch. That, in addition to the row of shrubs and trees along the right side of the trail, gave us a sense of security. The right tyre would have to go up before going over the edge. 
Even so, to get a better look at the road, Philip took his seat belt off. What we found out, however, is that our sense of security was false. Suddenly, the front right tyre fell sharply out from under us into a washout. It seemed like the road disappeared from under the tyre. This isn't going to be good, I thought to myself, as my heart began racing. Instinctively, Philip turned sharply toward the left and gave the engine a bit of gas. The front tyres seemed to grab the road, but the rear tyre fell into the washed-out rut. In what seemed like slow motion, the left tyres bid farewell to the roadbed and we pitched over the edge. The slope was quite steep. What happened next terrified all of us. The vehicle landed on its roof, slid a little ways down the mountainside and struck a large tree with its front bumper. Before this, Philip had flown out of his seat, tumbling around inside the vehicle like a rag doll. I vividly remember seeing him slide across the ceiling and groaning as he bumped hard into the upper part of the windshield support in front of me. His leg went out the broken windshield and his body was sliding toward my door window. I immediately saw that he would either break his legs or get crushed outside my window, so I reached out and grabbed him toward me. I can remember feeling warmth or something, I guess his body, but it felt like I was holding a feather. He didn't feel heavy, even though I held on to him during the rest of the rolls. Simultaneously, Ruthie ended up about halfway out the side window. Jennifer reached over and pulled Ruthie in. Later, Jennifer would comment that she felt she was given supernatural strength. Except for the sound of cracking branches, crumpling metal and shattering glass, we were quiet inside the vehicle as it continued rolling down the mountainside. As the rolling started to pick up speed, Christy called out desperately, Lord, save us! Literally, at that instant, we hit something hard and came to a stop, wheels down, roof up, front of the Pathfinder facing uphill. This is amazing because a much steeper slope remained for us to roll down. Relieved but stunned, we all sat there for a couple of moments collecting our senses. Phew! Were we all alive and well? Nobody had major bleeding. Nobody had broken bones. Was everything okay? Steam was billowing up from the hood with a hissing sound. Where's Petey? I heard from the back seat. He was no longer in the vehicle and I instantly assumed he had been crushed. We don't know yet, somebody said from the back seat. We need to get out of here. Where are my shoes? Those in the back seat each lost their shoes. Someone handed me my glasses, which had fallen into the back seat. 
I put them back on and someone said, your glasses are crooked. I thought, that's funny. I don't care if they are crooked. Let's get out of this vehicle. Once we climbed out of the vehicle, we began to assess the situation. Along a path probably a hundred feet long was a trail of broken small trees, fresh dirt, glass, windshield, a mirror, books, papers, tools, water bottles, carpet, trim, and some crushed lilies sprinkled the gully. I remember thinking that those lilies would have made nice grave flowers. No dog showed up. As we retraced the path of our roll back up to the road, we recovered things that seemed important. We were 20 miles down a gravel road in the mountains and we would probably need all the resources we could recover. Fairly soon, all shoes were recovered. We would need those for hiking out. I found a flashlight. We'll need this if we have to walk out and flag someone down to get their attention, I thought to myself. It was about three hours from sundown. We collected all water bottles that we could find. We might need those too if we have to hike out. Now we needed to focus on getting out of there. As the first two people made it back to the main road, a hiker came by and offered some band-aids for the deeper cuts. We found Philip's cell phone, uncrushed, laying on top of the dirt near where we first flipped. And the coverage? Probably none this far into the woods. But no, there was a 100% signal. Amazed, we tested the signal out a little down the road each way and it was very low to none. Miraculously, we were able to call for help. We found some seats in a nearby mountain cemetery where we waited until help arrived. We each told God how thankful we were that he had spared each of our lives without serious injury. We each also asked if we could have our little dog back. We all loved Petey. God knew exactly where Petey was, even though we didn't, and if he saw it best that we get him back, he would come back. Just a few minutes before help arrived, Petey slinked out of the woods with a concerned look on his face. Once he recognised faces, though, he was excited. So were we. That day, our adversary Satan wanted to get rid of five people who had dedicated their lives to mission service. However, he could not touch us beyond what God allowed. Not only did God spare each of our lives, but he spared us each from serious injury. A few cuts, some bruises, some sore muscles and seatbelt burns were about as serious as it got. God also cares about details. My glasses were still usable. Petey lived. The hiker gave us adhesive bandages. Philip's phone wasn't buried in the dirt. The accident occurred in a small spot of cell phone signal and we hit the major trees only on the bumpers. I believe we all survived this event with a deeper desire 
to commit our lives 100% to God's work. We were also impressed with the importance of always being ready for Jesus to come. It is so important to keep open communication with God throughout each day. Each day we should give our lives to Him for Him to control. During the role, my life did not pass before me, as many people say happens just before death. I did not have any time to make things right with the Lord. I have to live ready to die. No, I don't live in fear of death. I live in confidence that God has a plan for my life and that He controls the events in my life. While remaining within His will, I have absolutely nothing to fear. A reflection associated with this story comes from Desire of Ages, page 639. As you open your door to Christ's needy and suffering ones, you are welcoming unseen angels. You invite the companionship of heavenly beings. They bring a sacred atmosphere of joy and peace. They come with praises upon their lips, and an answering strain is heard in heaven. Every deed of mercy makes music there. The Father from His throne numbers the unselfish workers among His most precious treasures. This story, spared in a rollover, was written by Jonathan Dietrich. He's the director of Desert Tree Ministry in Chad, Africa. You can find more details on their website, deserttreeministry.org. You've been listening to the book reading program by 3ABN Australia Radio, featuring Get Ready for a Miracle. For more information about this book, visit remnantpublications.com. Thank you.